Let's dump this truck. Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. 7 a.m. Hello and welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordan Searles. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. And this week we are returning to the Princess Switch. Yes, the third one, Romancing the Star. Romancing the Star. Vanessa Hudgens, queen of Netflix Christmas movies. Oh, yes. Queen of, she is actually a queen in this movie. And I will say we have done an episode all about Vanessa Hudgens and the Netflix Christmas Cinematic Universe last year in which we covered the first two Princess Switch movies and A Night Before Christmas spelled K-N-I-G-H-T Essential Viewing Essential Viewing if you have not heard that episode it definitely pairs with this episode because in that episode we talk about the first two movies and we also Really just talk about Vanessa Hudgens' presence, Netflix choice to create an actual, it is an actual Christmas cinematic universe because several of these movies reference each other. The Christmas Prince movies reference characters from the Princess Switch movies, reference characters from A Night Before Christmas. We'll mention that later. There's a few references in this one. So Netflix is making a choice to connect some of these Christmas movies to each other. And Vanessa Hudgens seems to be the center of many of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the things that makes this trilogy so much better than A Christmas Prince is that Vanessa Hudgens' charisma is just all over the place. And it makes the silliest shit seem a little bit less silly, but still really silly. Oh, yeah. Like, it's fully silly, but Vanessa Hudgens is not only committed... She's committed, but she genuinely seems like she's having a fun time and she wants the story to work. So it's not just she's having a fun time because it's silly. She wants she wants this character to really jump through the screen. And I mean, none of these characters are written in a deep way and that's not the purpose. So I'm that's no offense to the writers because the writers knew what the assignment was and they did the assignment, right? They sure did. And so once again, we're with director Mike Roll, who has done all of these. Like he's going to be back on the podcast because like this is almost exclusively what he does. Like he's got a movie called Royal Matchmaker, Miss Christmas, like <laughs> yeah <laughs> love at first bark with a dog oh finally i've been ah! waiting for a movie called love at first bark love at first <laughs> things bark. i didn't know i needed so this is really an auteur here we got these three films and the whole cast comes back all these people whose names i do not know because a lot of them have only really done these movies aside from like vanessa vanessa hudgens is like the one big star and then it's like sam palladio nick sager will kemp amanda donahue florence hall yeah Uh, you know i was i respect the craft i respect the work i just don't know who any of these people are and if you look at some of their filmographies you can see that like for some of them these are the only movies that they've done totally and i'm very curious because i know that netflix keeps like a stable of actors that they'll use in different projects so i'm curious how many of them have been hired by netflix to do a contract of a certain amount of movies i i'm sure i'm sure that applies to several of them sam palladio he plays the king he is in the drama nashville Mm -hmm. you know we have some 
like ABC, ABC drama. Of course. Nick Sager was in the Tyler Perry soap opera, The Haves and Have Nots. Of course, yeah. You know? Yeah, and also this, the all three of the Princess Switch films were written by Robin Jill Bernheim, who also does like a lot of these, you know, like kind of like holiday. Christmas and Angel Falls is like one of hers, <laughs> which... Wow, that one has, like, Bow Bridges. I would love to interview her. That would be incredible. Oh, my God. I'm yeah. just putting that out. I'm manifesting. TikTok told me to start, so I'm going to try. So maybe maybe these movies are so good because the, the two people making them, the writer and the director, are, like, this is their genre. Like, yeah. this is what they do. Yeah, exactly. They're, and I think I think one of the mistakes that is very common when it comes to romantic comedies in general, but particularly themed holiday romantic comedies, is if, if that's not what the director or the writer normally does, they don't try at all. And even if it's supposed to be family friendly and so there's limits and maybe it's it's corny to a lot of people, they don't even try to make it fun. They're just like, oh, whatever, we'll just throw this together. It doesn't matter. Whereas I feel like you can tell that everyone in this movie and involved knows it's ridiculous. It's supposed to be ridiculous and they are doing it. Yeah. And it's <laughs> not just like because, you know, a, a lot of stuff in this genre and I feel like the beginning of this genre was originally just like actors who could not get into studio films anymore and you can like see the life leaving their eyes oh yeah like they're on the way down and they're not having fun they're not enjoying the process they are sad whereas like these actors they fucking love doing these movies like at the end when they were doing the whole like dance party and like bloopers and shit i was just like they had a fucking blast oh, making I, this and i really do feel like they must have gotten along. I mean, I'm sure there's there's always drama, right? It's humans, but it feels like people have a lot of genuine chemistry. And so it does make me think that the set culture, at least for the actors, because we know based on the strikes that crews are not being treated well anywhere and I stand with them, but they, they seem like they get along. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they really get along. They obviously love working together, which is maybe part of why there's another one. And man, 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 does Vanessa Hudgens love playing this this third character who I can never remember. He, I mean, she gets called Penny. Oh, her name is Fiona. Fiona. Yeah. I she, can never remember her name, especially not in this movie where everybody keeps on calling her Pemmy. Well, they call her Pemmy because her last name is Pembroke. And then she also gets called Fee by some people so it is genuinely confusing because also she's played by vanessa hudgens who plays two other characters yeah so. so there's like so there's stacy the regular girl who became a princess then there's margaret the queen who marries the regular guy who used to be in love with stacy and then we have Fiona, who in the last movie tries to steal the crown. And as with all of these like Netflix, like with the Christmas Prince too, because she's a villain in one movie, she is redeemed in the next movie. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. And Fiona, Fiona is the cousin of Margaret. And so she's, you know, always been proximal to the throne, but she did not have that same access um, she and she has this whole I mean, we we get her and whole she, backstory in yeah. this movie. It's really about her. It's yeah, this is this is a big Fiona movie. And when there was finally a scene where there were three Fionas in one room, I was like, this is 
art. Like, how oh, did they well, Fiona even... is the best of the three. Like, I'm she's sorry. I know so we're not cool. supposed to pick a favorite, but she she has the best clothes. She's the funniest. She actually has a lot of funny lines. She's kind of mean, but she's also just fun. Yeah. And I mean, it's an obvious wig, but I love it. I oh, yeah. Like the wig is the obvious, wig. but it looks great. It really looks good. Like this is this is the kind of wig. Like, can you imagine that? Hollywood can't seem to ha- put a good wig on anyone, but this Netflix movie has this wig that I want. Like I want I, that. I hair. know because you know what I feel like. I feel like people put on that wig. Like Vanessa Hudgens puts on that wig, and it gives her life. Like she has so yes. much joy and personality. And then when she, and then when there's shots of three of her wearing that wig, all pretending to be Fiona, it's just wow. The amount of lust for life that this wig seems to draw out i want it the way that she moves when she is wearing that wig is so beautiful and also i love like when margaret puts on the wig and pretends to be fiona that she can't quite like get it so she's moving around like very weird and i'm just like this is the kind of like physical work that like that we really need to appreciate more because the fact that like she originates this walk and then she manages to do the walk in a way that makes it seem like she's well, not that's, familiar with Yeah, it. I mean, the <laughs> amount of physical comedy that Vanessa Hudgens pulls off in this one, and there is physical comedy in all three, but this one takes a lot of layers and if she had not been committed, it wouldn't have worked. Yeah. And that's where I, I say, wow, her acting has... It's either always been there on this level, but I I think it's improved. I think it's improved. I think so. And the thing is that Vanessa Hudgens, like in most other movies, she's constantly playing this person who is like so like wide eyed and optimistic. Like it's similar in like Tick, Tick, Boom, where I was just like the Vanessa Hudgens in this movie is just the Vanessa Hudgens from like High School Musical. Yeah. But like, I think giving her like a little bit of a villain edge is really, really good. And like movies should do that more often. Like she kind of, she's not a villain in that um, Jennifer Lopez movie, second act, but she's like kind of an antagonist and like, kind of like, uh, you know, like competing. And I'm just like, that's the most compelling that she's ever been. Yeah. Like she, she's given material she can actually work with. She's like, oh, yeah, I can lean into this mischief. Yeah, she do, she doesn't have to be a sweetie pie all the time. I actually think it's way more interesting when she's not. Exactly, because she's automatically thought of as sweetie pie. So when she subverts that, it's like, okay, let's see this. So the, the second movie ends with her, the Fiona character, is sentenced to a community service, like basically a, a sentence of community service after she tries to steal the crown. So Margaret doesn't want to send her to prison because she's family, but obviously, you know she she literally tried to steal the kingdom and so and she has two friends and they were sent to jail and um that's how it ends and then of course you know everybody else is all happy in the castle so this movie starts with christmas you know it's it's christmas time and this year they have this amazing opportunity to do this ceremony with the tree where they get to put the star of peace on top of the tree. Now the star of peace is like an international symbol because St. Nicholas himself had the star of peace. So the real historical Santa had this star of peace. And it's like, it's almost like, um, 
a diamond that moves around from country to country. It has that kind of both monetary weight and symbolism where it's like, yeah, which, which leader gets to put this on their tree this year? (laughs) So, so that's, that's what we're introduced to is that they're excited and they have the star of peace. And then of course, you know, immediately at the beginning of the movie, the star of peace goes missing and the, the drugs were, the, the guards were drugged and we don't know who did this. And, so Margaret and Stacy are talking about what they should do because they don't want to tell the public yet because they they will be held responsible for it going missing. And so Margaret has the idea that they should they should basically take Fiona out of this convent where she's been doing community service and get her help because as she says, we need someone who thinks like a criminal. And then <laughs> <laughs> and then, which wow, love it. Like the whole time that they're like they they really it's such a long wind up. We need someone who blah blah blah. We need someone who blah blah blah. We need we need and it's like we know what you fucking need. Like Yeah, like we, we, we know. And it's funny because Stacy, I do like that the movie had the choice for Stacy and Margaret to have really different takes. Stacy's like, what the hell are you talking about? Like Fiona literally tried to take over. We're not gonna she's not gonna help us. Like that's ridiculous. Also we can't trust her in the castle. And you know the prince is all like on Stacy's side. The prince is the one who married Stacy and he's just like yeah what are we gonna do? Nail down everything in the castle but then everyone else is like I guess we don't have another idea um, so so that's how we get to see Fiona again is they get her out I also love that they get her friends out of jail like they're like well we also need them because Fiona's like I won't do it unless I have my whole posse which is hilarious because she has no leverage I can't do it without my crew. she's she has so much she has so much gall like they're barely getting her out so she can spend the holiday with them in a castle and she's like well you have to get my friends out and I honestly I respect that level of gall like she's just like yeah whatever and she's wearing stilettos in this convent sweeping oh my god (laughs) this convent i just love how the nuns are so fucking excited about getting rid of her like they're like oh of course you can spend christmas at the palace like so that they can have a quiet christmas the nuns are like this bitch like (laughs) she and and also this convent is gorgeous like there's this exterior shot where it's it's like on an ice island in the it looks like it's in iceland i i don't understand what that shot was but i want to go to this convent (laughs) (laughs) i will hang out with the nuns the nuns seemed like really chill (laughs) yeah they seem like really fine and if fiona wasn't aggressively hostile to them then they would probably be pretty cool Yeah, I mean, Fiona, this is the movie where you find out Fiona has a tragic backstory where her mom just like left her at boarding school, which is I feel like is such a like rich people thing. It's like my mom just left me at boarding school and then like never came back. And I'm just like, man, like as a person who does not like being around her mom. I would have fucking loved that. Right. Like, I know. That would have been great. Yeah. Like the, like the boarding school, like it is, it is a classic, like rich, rich kid problem, yeah. you know? And obviously that's not to undermine like, you know, no, child no. Fiona's sadness, but it is funny that it's just like, she had the worst because the movie frames it as she had the worst childhood of all of these characters. That's kind of how it feels is it's like, well, Margaret and Stacy will never understand. And that's why Fiona acts the way she does. 
does is because she can't let people in and and so she had to create this wall and like they they don't get it and i'm like okay Sure, but it's just funny that in this movie, the worst thing is her being at boarding school and her mom being absent. And I'm like, I feel like at least one of these other characters also has a backstory. Uh, yeah, I feel <laughs> like, like I feel like Stacy, who was like a regular ass person, probably you know went through something. Yeah, like, but it's like no, it's it's this rich girl. This rich girl has such a sad backstory, and we get a lot of the. I actually appreciate the fact that we get a lot of this exposition from like this guy who's been in love with her forever. Yes, because it's just like he just he just shows this guy very cute. This guy. Oh, Peter? This, He's so Peter cute. Peter maybe the only guy in this franchise that I am actively attracted to. Oh, yeah, for <laughs> sure. Because <laughs> he's just like he's so he's so charming and he does so much with so little like. <laughs> yeah, he really does. Like he could have been a very flat character, but he knows how to emote. He knows how to bring texture to it. Yeah. And so like apparently they they had this thing and they met in boarding school and then somehow like the love fizzled out or something but but oh no she they need help okay so <laughs> you should tell why they need fiona's help why is that well i mean they need fiona's help right because the 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 peace star of peace got stolen and they need someone who thinks like a criminal the star of peace that belongs to saint nicholas yes. himself yeah this is I love this is like an this is like an anime plot line. Like, what oh. do you mean? Like, we're retri- we got to retrieve the thing. What, what is this thing? Like, it's like this is cartoon shit. Oh, like, it is cartoon shit. And I also love how in the movie they're like anyone who's done a crime knows each other. Like, there's this idea that, like, if you have done any kind of crime, you know, someone and it's never it's never implied that Fiona has been part of a mafia, you know, if it was like organized crime i would understand it more but it's just like oh you obviously know how to network in the crime world <laughs> like and it's like no the only crime and i'm putting quotes that you can't see because you're listening and not looking at me is that F- fiona tried to target her own family that is very different even though her family are royals that is very different than being someone who's done a bunch of heists or you, you know like yeah she literally just tried to steal from her cousin and that is very different than being someone who's been in the crime world as this movie paints it so it's hilarious to me that they're just like okay well she tried to fuck you over so (laughs) she's gonna have connections but of course she does because she's fiona and you know she's troubled and she's beautiful and so she goes to her childhood friend peter whose whose heart she broke because they dated and then she went for another guy and that's like kind of her thing that she does is she like leaves right when it's getting serious and and never lets anyone in yeah is she gonna let someone in well you know she's got to heal that wound with her mom before she can let someone in and so she she goes to peter's and he lives in the most giant place and basically it's implied that he they say that he worked for interpol (laughs) did you catch that no, I did not. Okay, so there's like a throwaway line that also seems to be a big exposition line that is 
buried in there where it, it said that he worked for Interpol and also was part of some diamond scheme, but then he was let off as not guilty, but because his reputation was ruined, he opened this private security firm. And so basically he can help people spy on people essentially, or build a good security system for them. But I think it's more of the former. And so now he has all this money from that. So Vanessa Hudgens visits him and she's like, I need your help because you know how to get into cameras and all of this stuff. And like, what do you know? What do you know about who could do this? How could they break in and all this stuff? And basically he magically, because this is a cartoon. Yeah. He immediately seems to know. He immediately is like, well, (laughs) he goes, the only person who could break in, I can't, there's some sort of import export thing. Do you remember that? Like where he's basically like the star of peace, obviously a lot of people would want it because it's worth a lot, but the only person who has the right technology to break in in the first place and who has the specific drug. Oh, it's the drug. Okay, so the specific drug that the guards were drugged with is only sold, he goes, on Asian markets, which what the fuck does that mean? But Uh, yeah, uh, he goes, it's only sold in Asian markets or one spot here. And the one spot here is connected to Hunter Kennard, who is this hotel tycoon that Vanessa Hudgens has also dated. Fiona has also dated. And basically this hotel tycoon is known for, you know, being part of the black market and he likes to collect important artifacts. And so we already know, oh, he must be the one who has the star because he's the only one who can get these drugs outside of an Asian country. (laughs) What? I don't understand. Like it was such, I was like, this is a cartoon, but you could do something more straightforward than this. I don't understand how it's, it's so convoluted. It's so convoluted. I'm glad that you understand at least partially what's going on because I was just the whole time. I was just like, I don't know. Everybody's (laughs) pretty. That's nice. Oh yeah. No, everybody's pretty. And so he's just like, so basically Peter, Fiona brings Fiona's like, will you help me? Even though I know I, you know, she doesn't admit that she broke his heart. She, cause she's like being Fiona. So she's like, well, like, will you help me? And then like, blah, 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 blah. And, and then he's like, of course. And you're like, Oh, he's not over her. So she takes him to the palace and he tells everybody else about this Hunter Kennard character. And he's like, you know what I think we need to do is we need for, for Fiona to run into him again. Cause he's probably not over her. And then he can invite her to his yearly holiday party and we can make basically a heist to steal the star of peace back. So we on, we are on some oceans 11 Christmas cinematic oh my triple God. Vanessa Hudgens latte shit. Vanessa Hudgens, this whole heist thing. So yeah. Oh my God. The scene where she's like, like trying to, you, you know, the whole thing where there's like a bunch of lasers and you have to like crouch down, you have to do all this stretching. I watching that was the first time ever that I was attracted to Vanessa Hudgens. I was like, I was attracted to her in this movie too. This is yeah, hot. What it was very hot. Doing is hot. Like, what is going on? Well, she like does like gymnastics over and under these lasers because basically Peter sets up this he is able to figure out what Hunter Kennard's whole security system's like. So he's like, we need to practice so that we don't set off the motion sensors. So, so there's this whole scene where they're all like trying to dance around the motion sensors and Vanessa Hudgens just like rolls in with some Cirque du Soleil ass shit. Oh my God, when she moves her, when he, when she moves her ass, 
Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I was like, okay. I would like lessons, girl. Like Vanessa Hudgens is obviously a gorgeous person, but I am specifically attracted to Fiona, and I will be taking no questions. Yeah, no, Fiona <laughs> is so hot because she's so like self-assured and she's fun and i love that like slinking way that she moves in the way that she's like darling like she just oh, like yeah this it's just so also her outfits are just so i would buy i would i would wear any of them like on point yeah yeah it's so oh my god man <laughs> i know so like of course they have to get her to run into hunter and they have this whole plan where like she's gonna walk a dog at the same time that he's walking a dog, but then that doesn't work. So then they're like, well, you should go to this new bar that he owns and pretend you didn't know he owns it. And so she does that and she gets all gussied up and she's like, Oh, I heard there was like a candy cane martini. And he's like, I missed you. You know, how are you? And then like, she pretends she's gonna, okay. I don't understand this choice. Jordan. Mm -hmm. She pretends she's going to sell property that she has which again <laughs> like so unnecessary because that's never tied up that's never no nope. it's just like a way that she lies to him to get him to be interested in keeping in touch with her again yeah. so she's just like i might sell it and maybe you could turn it into a hotel also i didn't know she owned property because the movies make her seem somehow like she's poor even though she's rich right yeah like i mean in the second movie they mentioned something like about her squandering her inheritance so like how does she oh right she that it? is why she wants the crown did she get it? yeah she because she needed money <laughs> which is just <laughs> great like it's just so interesting when like royals are broke it's like well, that's funny but also like okay but you're still a royal so why don't you just like that's the only time i blame someone for being poor I'm like no it is your fault <laughs> why don't you just like one you wasted your money that's wild two like why don't you just like leverage your like royalty to get a job and it doesn't even have to be a hard job you can just be like i'm fucking royal, be a consultant bitch. we all know consultants are a fake job oh yeah <laughs> she could just be like a like a fashion consultant or something absolutely she'll charge a, a, a giant hourly rate and like work five hours a week and she'll be fine and she'll have all these connections she'll get free clothes but it's like she just like didn't want to work and it's like i mean girl same but like you have to yeah like same but you know this is unfortunately where we live so yeah so she's you know of course she ends up getting the invite to the holiday party and you know there's this moment because you know peter is listening over the earpiece also can i say this is the most mary kate and ashley of all three of these movies i was like this is some mary kate and ashley oh, energy yeah. oh yeah i was <laughs> Yeah, because it's just everybody. It's like they're doing like a heist, but it's like a royal heist. So it's like there are no like actual stakes because like what? Everybody gets a slap on the wrist in this universe. So why even? <laughs> right? Absolutely. So yeah, so Peter's like listening on the headset while she's talking to Hunter. And, you know, Hunter is the man that she left Peter for. So there's an extra soreness there. And, and he like makes fun of Peter and she like, makes fun of him too and of course you know she's doing it so that she can 
get into Hunter's life again so that they can steal the Star of Peace back, but Peter's all hurt. And that's when we first really see exposition about Vanessa's, about I mean, Fiona's childhood because the way they do it is they do flashbacks, but then they'll do these superimposed images where you see childhood next to current her. And we see that Peter was at boarding school with her. So he's like really the only person in her life who fully understands what it was like for her. Cause he saw her try to give her mom a card and be like, I hope I see you. And her mom's just ignoring her. And so Peter's like expresses a little bit that his feelings are hurt, And then she kind of brushes him off. But then we see like that her mom's trying to call her and she's ignoring it. And then she's sad and he looks at her knowingly and we're like, yeah, oh. he, keeps, he keeps telling her to answer the phone. Yeah. He's very invested in her reconnecting with her mom, which honestly, I don't know. I don't know. How did you feel about that? I was kind of confused. I was kind of, I was kind of annoyed just because like, I don't, there, there were years where I did not speak to my mother and whenever anybody like tried to like get involved in that and I would just be like, right. But like, I know her because she gave birth to me. Who are you? And it's like a very specific kind of relationship. And it's just so weird to me when people who are not birthed by the parent are talking about like how I should deal with the parent. It's like, you weren't, I mean, that's, that's the thing for like a lot of things. Like, People are very judgmental about, like, like relationships and why people ice other people out and, like, make a lot of assumptions about it. Like, like it's as if it's, like, an easy thing to do and an easy thing to undo. Absolutely. Absolutely. And to me, it was strange because the reason that he keeps giving for being invested in her reconnecting with her mom is that he can see that she shuts people off because of her mom and that she's not able to be vulnerable or let people in. And he, he says that several times in the movie, he's just like, you don't let people in because of that. But what doesn't make sense to me is, okay, if that's what you're worried about with her, why don't you just encourage her to open up in different ways? Like it doesn't, I don't know if connecting with her mom is actually going to help that. It might make it worse. Why don't you just show her that you're a safe space so that she can open up with you or, or like, or, you know, I mean, obviously therapy is a lot of work and it's not an instant fix, but encourage therapy or encourage other ways of opening up because going back to the person who, betrayed you a bunch doesn't actually heal you most of the time unless you have already been able to do some healing work like and then you have closure so it's also just like and maybe i'm just being petty saying this you don't always have to be the bigger person i used to think i absolutely agree i think i think that honestly i think that the whole oh you need to be the bigger person i think that can be a manipulative idea a lot of times so because it's just like i have been the bigger person so many times and i can tell you at the end of this year the way that i've been feeling emotionally like fuck being the bigger person absolutely (laughs) like yeah because sometimes being the bigger person means that you're actually just like being shitty to yourself (laughs) you know it's like okay at what cost so yeah yeah exactly yeah so i so i definitely feel like everybody should lay off fiona and also like i don't know like i guess i just don't really see like trying to take the crown like it's like bad but like as like a crime like i'm just like i don't know man i mean i don't think people should have crowns at this point so i'm I'm kind of like 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 (laughs) yeah so like why would i be invested in who has the crown like yeah. What makes you better for having the crown? Like, it's like, I don't, 
right? It's like if you're rich and you act humble, you deserve the crown is essentially like what a lot of these movies say. And it's like, but what if? It's like a respectability s- politics about wealth where I'm just, I just don't care. Like I, yeah. I, the, the critique against Fiona that I could understand is when people are like, Hey, you just like hurting our feelings all the time. Like that's valid. Cause she does just like brush people off all the time when they're trying to connect or when like, or she'll just say mean things, but that is different than the crown. And also that is separate from her mom. It might be influenced by her mom, but I'm like, you could just be like, Hey, can you stop hurting my feelings? Instead of being like, you need to talk to your mom. I mean, also, she could have gotten it from her mom. Right, exactly. That's my thing, is I'm like, okay, I don't think talking to her mom is going to make her, like, more able to connect without, like, putting a little dagger in you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's all a bunch of bullshit. But anyway, so they got to get this star. And it's very important. The star of peace. But then it's like at some point there are like three Fiona's because one of them has to go to the hearing to see if she can have her sentence commuted. And then one of them is like flirting. (laughs) I think it's Margaret who's like flirting with Hunter because she's because she's doing the she's doing the walk and she keeps on like looking like she's going to like she's about to limbo. (laughs) Yeah. Well, because the real Fiona is the only person who's actually good at doing like the gymnastics through the security system. So they're like, well, she needs to actually be sneaking in. On, through the back so we need another Fiona double so then she teaches Margaret how to be her and then at the last minute after they left for the party um, Stacy gets a call from one of the nuns and the nuns like oh my gosh they like moved up the date and we're having the meeting about her about you know Fiona and her sentencing and we need her to be here because we can't be found out that we let her leave even though it's the royals and so then Stacy last minute I want to know where Stacy got that wig last minute yeah, like how, how many blonde wigs are there at the <laughs> like this castle is just full of blonde wigs. I would love that. Everybody, yeah, everybody, everybody's got a wig. And I also love that Stacy doesn't get the same training as Margaret, but she just like kills it. She, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although to be fair, Margaret has to flirt with like an old flame, so that is a much more involved thing than just like talking to random authorities. Uh, but still. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, so there's three three Vanessa Hudgens pretending to be three women, pretending to be Fiona. One is actually Fiona. And so they, they get the star, but then when Fiona and Margaret get back, you know, they go to open the bag because, of course, the real alarms end up going off even though they did their plan just as well as they could. Yeah. So they have to leave super fast. So they separate from Peter and she opens the bag and she realizes that the star's not there and that Peter had replaced it with a basketball, which was like uh, what they had used to practice. And so then they're like, oh, Peter betrayed you. And then Peter sends her a text. It's like, meet me at 8 a.m. the next day at the boarding school that they went to. So she... Doesn't tell anyone else that, which I thought was weird. I would have told, I would have been like, okay, he wants to meet me. So maybe he has it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they, they meet and she's just like, why did you do this? And he, and he's like, to get your attention. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I wanted to get your attention. And it's basically like him professing his love, but also again, stepping in the middle of her and her mom. And he's like, your mom's in the next room. She wants to talk to you. And I'm, again, I'm like, not 
this is so weird. Even if I thought, oh, that would be cool if someone, if my, you know, good friend or my crush reconnect with their parent, I'm not going to fucking, like, set it up. That's so weird. Like, even if I was, like, even if I was, like, married and it was, like, my spouse, I would still just be, like, dude. Yeah. Dude. Dude. Um, like, what are you, <laughs> it's like, I don't want to do this. Absolutely. And so... She gets really mad at him. And honestly, I don't blame her. And then he's like, well, this is the end of the line for us. I can't just keep being there for you. And I was like, okay, I kind of get where you're both coming from in different ways. Yeah. You know? Um, And so she's like, fine, whatever. And then, but then she does end up going to see her mom. And then she's like, mom, I don't forgive you. And her mom's like, (laughs) I'm sorry. I shouldn't laugh. But her mom's like, well, you just don't know how many Christmases we have left. And, like, that's the thing that gets her. Oh, my God. Yeah, this manipulation. I don't know. To me, I'm just like, okay. I mean, yes, death is scary, obviously, you know. But, like, the fact that the implication that Fiona has never considered that is offensive to me. Because she seems smarter than that. Yeah, I don't know if it's, like, maybe it being said, like, makes it hit harder or yeah. something like that but it's spelled out yeah i really i really could not tell you <laughs> it's yeah it's very it's like okay <laughs> so yeah they they make up for some reason and uh i guess good I Yeah, I really felt like that plot line was forced. I liked having background on Fiona because we don't really know about anyone's childhood in these. And so it's fun to have that context. Yeah. But it's just weird that it needs for her and her mom to connect when we've also never seen her mom as a character in any of the other movies. So she's just like a new character that we're supposed to care about without ever seeing her. And yeah, like you said, I think it's really just the redemption of the villain that they're trying to do, which is a plot line. That's, that's a trope that I enjoy and I do enjoy it in this movie, but I don't care about her relationship with her mom. (laughs) I don't. Neither do I. And of course everyone ends up happy. She does end up with Peter. They make up and you know, everyone's happy. Also, I just want to say, I think it's so funny how Margaret just seems to be so like, like, even though I don't care about the crown, it's very funny that Margaret's just like, Oh yeah. You know, she tried to like steal my whole life and she kidnapped Stacy in the last movie. But, you know, I'm I'm so glad she's here at Christmas <laughs> like that. I also think it would be valid for Margaret to set a boundary there. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Margaret and everybody treats Margaret like she's like a wet blanket. It's like, dude, like, <laughs> right. Well, because that's what these Christmas movies do. They talk about like the importance of family and specifically in the context of if your family does you wrong. You need to deal with it because it's your family. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I uh, I do not agree with that. I think no. everyone needs to figure out what they need for themselves. Family is complicated. Everyone's going to land somewhere different. No one knows your experience except you. Exactly. So, you know, if, if you're listening to this and you have a complicated relationship with your family and you have to set some hard boundaries... Just know that we support you. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like this, This I didn't expect to have any, like, real deep thoughts about this, but I guess, like, I do have, like, mother issues or whatever. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's weird. I don't think of them as issues because, like, I've kind of, like, settled on, like, how I feel already. Yeah. But whenever I see stuff like this where, like, somebody's like, trying to make somebody talk to their mom, I'm just like, absolutely not. Don't do that. Yeah. Like, the years off that I had, like, when I told my mom I'm not talking to you and we didn't talk for, like, two years or something, 
that was like a great idea and when the years were and like and then you know it made her apologize because yeah. she like she realized it's like I might not hear from her again until I like fix this totally so totally yeah yeah it's yeah it's very important to just like the fact that you're related <laughs> to someone does not mean they get to do whatever and you have to forgive them forever that is a toxic narrative yeah. forgiveness can be only powerful and healthy if you actually are safe or in a place where you still can have whatever distance is needed. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, I'm glad that Fiona, we're talking so much about this fictional character. We have so much affection. I know, but you know, that's good. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I like her and I want the best for her. And you know, she gets like a hot man and that's, that's fucking great. Fucking awesome for her. Everything gets solved because that's how these movies work. Absolutely. If there is a princess switch for, I will protest. Yeah, I think that we're done. I think that we're done. I think Everyone's that Netflix sets up. the limit at at trilogies. Yeah, we don't need another one, please. Like, like there, we already still need to like watch the other two kissing booths. Oh, I do want to. Oh my god, we do. Oh, I do want to mention um, before you finish, since our last episode was about the Christmas Prince trilogy. In this movie, at the party for the hotel tycoon hunter who stole the star of peace simon is there simon the you know the villain from christmas prince that like the other person who tried to steal a crown is at the party with fiona and i do think that's a fun detail yes yes so i'm glad i'm glad simon got to go also that party looked amazing i'm not gonna lie i was like damn that makes me wish i like i'm i'm i am yeah, I'm like and I wish in the in the in the dress, the, the, yeah. the red dress. It's like a masquerade it's and then there's so like good. it's yeah, the outfits in this are great. It shows that Netflix can do it when they want to. Yeah, yeah, so. they can. And so yeah, I don't have another suggestion for a movie because you should watch this. this oh fun. yeah, you should watch it. Yeah. And if you're watching this, you should watch the other two. Yeah, watch, you know, all, watch all three of them. Just have a nice yeah, night. just just have a look. Make yourself some cocoa, put some rum in it, or whatever, and, and like, have if a good you time. Have kids, you can watch it with your kids. There's nothing bad in here. Yeah, this is very child friendly. So if you got kids, or you're hanging out with nieces or nephews or whatever, do it. This holiday season, just like go easy on yourself. Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. Please find ways to breathe and listen to your little. Heart and brain. I am Bronwyn Isaac. I'm Jordan Searles. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this drug.